Hello listener and welcome to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Thank you so much for finding time to join me. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Pastor Kigun Ndigi is on standby with the family segment. Today, he'll be talking about changing the sexually abusive mind. Brother Steve Rundu will also be joining us during the Bible segment. Today, he'll be talking about sin's downward trajectory. Stay tuned for this and some songs which are in store for you. Here's a song, Marvelous, by Parkland's Youth Choir. This is the New Life program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Get ready to listen to Paseki Gundu with the Family Life segment. Remember, the topic is about changing the sexually abusive mind. Dear listener, we want to welcome you to our series, The Abandoned Life, which is based on John 10, verse 10, where Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am convinced that this abandoned life includes even the area of our marriage. The topic today, dear listener, is changing the sexually abusive mind. After our last series, Adultery of the Mind, we received the following note which we would like to answer for all to hear. This is what the person wrote. This is sobering stuff. It would be even better in future broadcasts to talk on how to get out of sexual sin. It would help those who are acutely aware of the sinfulness of pornography and are desperately trying to escape this sinful behavior 
without much success. And so, dear listener, we pray these messages will bring help and hope. The downward spiral in justifying and mixing a person's standard with their own happens in the same way as with any addictive behavior. The first time someone gives in to addicting behavior, a door opens to the next time and the next and the next. And each time some type of mind shift is involved in order to justify this type of cheating. Or the friend Stoika who has written a book every man's battle and who was once caught up within the snares of pornography puts it in this way. He says, we aren't victims of some vast conspiracy to ensnare us sexually. We have simply chosen to mix in our own standards of sexual conduct with God's standard. Since we found God's standard too difficult, we created a mixture, something new, something comfortable, and something mediocre. Now, what do we mean by mixture? Perhaps a good example is the muddled definition of sexual relations that surfaced in the sex scandal involving a former U.S. president. After the president stated under oath that he did not have sexual relations with a certain woman, he later explained that he didn't view oral sex as being in that category. So by that definition, he hadn't committed adultery. Dear listener, that represents quite a contrast to the standard Christ taught. In Matthew 5, verse 28, when he says, But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So these marriage messages are meant to be a starting place to hopefully inspire people to get help. It's like what author Gary Thomas says, While how-to marriage books and seminars certainly have their value and place, on their own they miss the key issue. It's not really about how-to far more often. It's about whether we have the heart to. We must have the heart to change before we truly take the initiative to find out how to change wrong behavior. This is what it will take for any time of real change to occur over the long haul. If we don't see the importance of doing whatever it takes to get unhooked and make an unintentional shift in our thinking and our actions, we will eventually go back right to it. It is our prayer that this series has been a catalyst into getting some people closer to changing their minds and their hearts. When that happens, a lasting change is possible. So, dear listener, here are a few tips for those who do have the heart to stop doing what is wrong. The first step is first say no to that which is trying to poison your mind and your marriage. And therefore, it starts with a decision. Romans 8 verse 5 to 8 tells us, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mind set on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. In Romans 12 verse 1 to 2 he adds, 
I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's perfect will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And he continues to say in Colossians 3, verse 2 to 5, Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you'll appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. So the second step is you take action and flee from that which you shouldn't be involved in. That's what the Bible tells us to do. You don't double in in it or fight it. You flee from it and find help so that you don't go back. First Corinthians 6 verse 18 to 20 says, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, who you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So what God has created for good, human beings are distorting and prostituting. That which comes from God, for husband and wife to know each other more intimately, is becoming like a God to so many. Its temporal pleasures are driving people into a personal hell of sexual addiction and spiritual oppression. Flee from its grasp as you would flee from a poisonous snake. When you play with anything that even hints of immorality, you are playing with fire. It is sears the conscience and scars the soul. That is what Gary Kinnaman says. When you read James 4, verse 7 to 10, it says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts. You double-minded, grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Do you get that, dear listener? Flee from sin. Don't keep playing with fire. It is a losing proposition. Flee from sin, submit to God, and you will be free. The next step is seek godly counsel and find accountability partner to help you in your fight against the gravitational pull towards that which violates marital sacredness. And if you're involved in pornography, here is another tip. Safeguard your computer. Don't put it in a room in which adults aren't around when it's in use. Put it in the family living area where there is in the privacy to view that which will usher in darkness. Figure out how to make the computer only accessible when others are present, and the same goes for the TV, that is, if that is a problem to you. 
And lastly, protect yourself and protect your family. If you need to put a lock on your computer or get rid of it completely, then do it. Hopefully, you can figure out another way. But if not, then do it. You see, you can't protect yourself against everything all the time, but the rule can be, as for me in my house and to the best of your ability, outside of your house, we will honor the Lord. Psalm 101 says, I will set before my eyes no vile thing. That's a good rule for all of us, no matter who we are and where we are. Dear listener, I pray this has been helpful. You are tuned to Adventist Radio, The Voice of Hope. This is your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Our producer would love to have your thoughts about this program. Please send them to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 422-76-100-Nairobi-Kenya
It is another opportunity to get some spiritual nourishment from Brother Steve Rondo. Welcome, Brother. Sin's downward trajectory. We read today from the book of Judges, chapter 12 reading verse 1 and chapter 13 reading verse 1 I will read the men of Ephraim called out their forces crossed over to Zaphon and said to Jephthah why did you go to fight the Ammonites without calling us to go with you we are going to burn down your house over your head 13 verses 1 again the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord so the Lord delivered them into the hands of Philistines for 40 years and bible commentator dennis olson has called judges one of the most exciting colorful and disturbing books of the bible whenever the lord raises up judges for israel he is with the nation but when the judges die the people lapse back into idolatry this sequence is repeated again and again and again for a total of 12 times the downward spiral is intensified as the book progresses Although on occasion there is a slight deviation in the pattern and the judges themselves demonstrate less and less integrity a lack of instruction in the law of Moses among people and priests only worsens the situation by the end of the book the nation is a seemingly unstoppable free fall when the people do repent usually after some calamity their fundamental concern is to be delivered from the immediate threat not to become mature followers of the lord The corruption is seen on all levels of society. The aftermath of the reigns of the judges, as recounted in chapter 17 and chapter 21, is brutal and shocking and represents one of the lowest points of Israel's history. Evangelical leader Charles Colson and writer Nancy Prissy addresses these issues in the following quotations from their discussion of the nature of sin. The consequences of sin affect the very order of the universe itself. Most people have a narrow understanding of the term sin. We tend to think it means that we have broken a few rules, made a few mistakes here and there. Sin is much more than breaking the rules. God created an intricate interwoven cosmos, each part depending on to the other. All governed by laws of order and harmony. Sin affects every part of that order and harmony, twisting, fracturing, distorting and corrupting it. Now clearly the fall was not just an isolated act of disobedience that could be quickly mended every part of god's good handwork was marred by the human mutiny this is why the reformers described human nature as totally depraved they did not mean that human nature is completely corrupted for in the midst of our sin we still bear the image of god just as a child's sweet face shows through smudges of mud and dirt total depravity according to the reformers means that every part of our being intellect will emotions and body shows the effects of sin no part remains untouched by the fall for example sexuality is good created by god himself but it is often distorted by lust and unfaithfulness 
Similarly, government was created to maintain order, but it easily degenerates into tyranny and oppression. At the fall, every part of creation was plunged into the chaos of sin, and every part cries out for redemption. Only the Christian worldview keeps these two truths in balance, the radical destruction caused by sin and the hope of restoration to the original created goodness. What can you take away from the tragic accounts of Israel's failure in the book of Judges? Why do you think the people continue their poor behavior? And in what way is sin a part of humanity? Let us pray. O Lord of heaven, my inclinations are for evil. My thoughts are continually sinful. But your atonement has covered all my sins. Thank you for your goodness to me, Lord. Help me to live like I am free from sin. Detach me from the downward trajectory of sin's progress. I have prayed all these things, trusting and believing in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. brings us to the end of our program for today. I hope that you've been blessed. I'd like to have your views, comments, or questions about this program. Please send them to the producer, Adventist Soul Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is Nairobi at eku.adventist.org. Join me next time, same place, same time. But until then, stay safe, stay home, remember to wash your hands or sanitize with an alcohol-based sanitizer, and... Remember to also give a word of prayer so that we can encourage our brothers and sisters far and wide. I've been your presenter, host and friend, Samuel Mangi.
nimekombolewa kwa damu ya Yesu nitafuta nini kwenye giza amenikomboa kutoka dhambi mzigo ameutupa nina utulivu moyoni kwa kuwa nimemona Yesu nina utulivu moyoni kwa kuwa nimemona Yesu nimekombolewa kwa damu ya Yesu Nini kwenye giza amenikomboa kutoka dhambi mzigo ameutupa nina utulivu moyoni kwa kuwa nimemona Yesu nina utulivu moyoni kwa kuwa nimemona Yesu utafuta nini uso wa Bwana utafuta nini kungali mchana Utafutani uso wa Bwana, utafutani Bwana wa amani, Maalamu anapatikana. Utafutani bwana wa amani maalamu anapatikana Shapendo mimi mtoto wake najua taji langu limewekwa mbinguni tayari kwangu kanikombo amemi mwana wake kweli muda kitambo atakuja ili aliponiwepo kukombole wanafurahia kupita lugha kutamka Alionyesha pendo mimi mtoto wake najua taji langu limewekwa mbinguni tayari kwangu kanikombo amemi mwana wake kweli muda kitambo atakuja ili aliponiwepo